0: Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. My special guest this week is David Brin. David, would you like to introduce yourself to our watchers and listeners?
1: Uh, Hi, and first off, it's always an honor to have Kevin Kelly as as one of my pals. And uh, by separation, all of you brainiacs out there. My name is David Brin. Um, I have my, I did my PhD in astrophysics, and I still do some of that with NASA's Innovative and in Advanced Concepts program. And I'm best known, I suppose, as a science fiction author since today is the 25th anniversary that Kevin Costner releasing um, his movie version of my novel, The Postman and we can argue over that one endlessly but it's it's visually and musically gorgeous and was faithful to the heart of my novel um not so much the brains but then again gorgeous big-hearted and dumb eh, that's what my wife married <laughs> <laughs> so in any event uh yeah but i, I we're today we're going to talk about huh, One of my loves, which is what I did my master's uh, in uh, and my work at Hughes Hughes Aircraft or Huge Air Crash, and that is um, optics. So my uh, cool tools um, are about how to see better. As you can see, it bugs me because I've always had perfect vision until a decade ago. And um, so it bugs me when I have to be reliant on these glasses things. So the first thing that I uh, offered to Cool Tools was, um, was, was these pocket eyes. And there's a reason for um, my choosing them. And that is for years I tried, because you don't always have your glasses with you. I, I'm 72 and I just passed my DMV eye test. <laughs> in and out of the DMV in 16 minutes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jerry Brown. And by tutelage, thank you, Stuart Brand, for teaching yes. Jerry Brown how to be a techno liberal. Um, but I tried various methods of having an emergency backup set of eyes. So these are what you have mm. in your wallet. These are horrible things. They hurt. And then when you need them most, they break. In the cheap plastic. Uh-huh. Here's one that's tough and strong and absolutely ridiculous. It's on your keychain and you push this thing in. Wow. Out of
0: it. and
1: it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's both highly likely to be useful and highly likely to get you <laughs> terminally mocked and want to kill yourself. So
0: No. Really embarrassing.
1: Oh, yes. But what I do have is this pocket eyes. And it comes on your keychain as the tiniest pouch. And it's totally convenient. You open it up and out springs. Excellent pair of pincenez that's adjustable you can adjust the separation if you don't have a big nose like mine Um, and does the the connector metal does not break
0: Uh
1: relatively scratch resistance i do recommend taking them off when you go to the men's room (laughs) because there are a number of ways in which this can go very wrong but they're right there in your pocket You pull them out, you can use them when you don't have your glasses.
0: So I'm going to describe these to our listeners who don't see the visuals. So these are the ones that work um, are tiny rimless glasses that are very small, and they have a little springy piece of metal between the two glasses. So and they, they make they, what's
1: called a pince-nez. Right,
0: so they it are just, are the just pinching onto the nose as the way, there's no frames that go over the ears, or there's no wires that go over the ears. They're just sitting on your your nose by the tension of the spring, and then they fold over each, each other. The, the two lenses
1: it. fold over each other to fit into a tiny pouch that goes right on your keychain. Right. And mind you, not everybody has a schnoz like I have so um, is, there are you know people of various genders and ethnicities who might find this less of a convenient um add on to the face uh and that's that's you know there there are inventions for them as well we're moving ahead um yeah so in any event one of the things i showed earlier was uh, one of these pocket pouches now uh, pouches that goes into your wallet so it's the size of a credit card and these are horrible those were among the horrible things that i described
0: and the other one that we laughed at was uh, one <laughs> where the glasses pop out of a fob and but in order to use it you have to hold the fob up against your forehead and that's the yeah, I know. embarrassing it's, part it's
1: it's it's like a certain kind of poker okay so a second optically oriented thing and again i don't know that these this has not been already done on cool tools because you know i don't watch all of them i don't tune into all of them but what i'm holding on is a little gauntlet with two finger holes and a button on the back of the hand where it contains batteries and as i turn it on the you hold uh,
0: it up so we can see it uh, just a second Okay.
1: I'm holding it up, and what you have is a uh, a device. Oh, shoot. This should go over the thumb. This one should go over the thumb. There, There we go. Where if you are doing close-in work, you simply turn on the LEDs, and you can grab things with light shining directly on your work surface especially right. if you have two because as you can see your finger gets in the way of the led if you just have one but they come in packets
0: of two and, and that, so, so for the listeners it's basically it's like a glove a, a fingerless glove and the led lights are mounted on your fingers instead of say on your forehead which is what most people would be wearing like a Uh, a little kind of um, camping light, which you wear in your head, here you actually have the lights right on your fingers.
1: That's right. And if you take, if you have the second one in place, and these are rechargeable by the way, if you have the second one in place, because you're usually using both hands, then what you have is any shadow caused by your fingertip is compensated by the other one on your other hand. Right. So uh, let me hold up the box.
0: That's uh-huh. a genius idea of bringing the light to your hands instead of at your eye.
1: Yeah, and 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 what's more, you know, now now your eye is dark adapted. If you happen to yeah. be doing work in the dark, now yeah. this doesn't take away from your dark adaptation. So there's very little in the way of information in this packet. I ordered it online but I'm holding it up now. It's just LED
0: gloves.
1: LED gloves. Right. Just, this doesn't even say the name of the company I ordered them from. Huh. There's no website. There's nothing inside, but you'll find them online. LED uh, and,
0: gloves. It's a genius idea. Of, uh, yeah. It should actually be probably um, fiber optic. A little even thinner is how I would imagine them. If you wanted to, yes. Include-
1: well, I mean, you could get them from the same source, but it's the, the compact battery and it's rechargeable. Right. My third piece of optics is uh, this little guy, and my wife is using it. She's volunteer tutors for poor uh, kids, and uh, she's the science lady uh-huh. for three different uh, such tutoring programs, because that's a, the specialty that's really rare. Uh, is somebody who really knows science.
0: So you're holding up what looks like to me like a microscope. It is a
1: microscope that feeds directly into an LCD screen that is not your cell phone. Excuse me, I'm a little bit of a grouch about this. Use your cell phone for everything. Because uh, it's a fantastic invention that was predicted in Fred Pohl's Uh, the age of the pussyfoot back in the Mm -hmm. 1950s, the modern cell phone that does everything for you, including um, voice assistant Siri and all that. Fred Pohl predicted all of that. And that's fine. It's great. We live in a modern era. But if you can afford it, sometimes specialization works. And this thing is so much fun. It just is absolutely trivial to use. And you just put almost anything underneath it and it auto-focuses on the pistol and the stamen and the little tiny bugs in a mm. flower or the fuzz, the mites on the fuzz mm-hmm. of a honeybee. And as yeah. a beekeeper, I got to tell you, you know, <laughs> it's of no use to me so far, but who knows?
0: Right. Uh, so so I, one of the, one of the uh, things about the microscopes of old, the optical ones was that the amount of light that you needed to actually send through it was really, really intense. But I would imagine that these new ones with the sensors are probably more photosensitive and probably can operate in lower light.
1: And you, and it comes equipped with the ability to send light, collimated light straight down mm. that you don't see. So the name of the company is Eliklif, 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 E L K L-I-V, and uh, there's...
0: live and it's a digital LCD microscope.
1: Right. Uh, so those are the three uh, optically Before oriented... Before we
0: leave that one, David, can you change the objective uh, uh, at all in the terms of the magnification? Or uh, is...
1: Well, you can change the magnification, but you aren't swapping out the lens. You are not no but you can change the magnification uh there are there are it's got it's got basically electric zoom electronics.
0: okay but it's
1: fairly inexpensive and very strong um and you can take pictures so
0: oh i see you take pictures to there and then you tell you take them off via something uh via something
1: Something. something.
0: there's a something to do (laughs) (laughs)
1: this is something um so in any event those are the main things the three that i was going to do there is one that is uh not um more of a a craft tool okay have a lot of cutting tools out there i don't have it here to show you that's all right there are wonderful little tiny craft cutting tools that let you cut out stencil uh almost anything and um and uh, I was going to go to that, but you know, I think the I think I'll just be Mister Optics today.
0: Uh huh. So, and the craft tool that you were going to talk about, how do you use it?
1: Oh, you just yeah, you just put any uh, photograph or any cartoon or anything over the material that you want, um, like sticker material or um, foam or anything, and just. Cut around the outside of whatever photo or whatever cartoon or whatever mm-hmm. animal shape you have there, and uh it will cut through the sticker material or the stencil or anything like that and it's amazing how often that's useful
0: hmm so, so is it like a blade?
1: No, it's a little ring yeah it's it's like it's like oh, a, dremel. It's a little tiny tiny dremel
0: oh, it spins.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it goes this and you're going around this outside. If you can't okay. stand the sound, then you shouldn't you shouldn't. So you it's know.
0: a little spinning, like a needle. It's just like a yeah. very thin needle. Maybe it's like um diamond-coated needle or something.
1: Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't have to be diamond coated. It's just, you know, it's just Is there
0: a, little blades got, on it.
1: Got a little needle at the head and all of that Seeing, Um, I'll I'll send you. Uh-huh. I'll send you a link that you can put in the uh, down in the description box. But
0: you you hand hold the thing and you move it around and it cuts. You just
1: use it like it. a pencil, as if you're tracing with a pencil around the outside of this uh, thing that you want
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, to cut. Uh, is,
0: is the thickness of the thing like a pencil, or is it thicker? Or it's more, a bit thicker. It's a bit bigger thicker. diameter.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's you can use it like a pen. Uh-huh. And I am looking for something that will let me.
0: Do something about this. Um, don't worry about it. Winter, yeah, ah! it's okay. Okay, yeah, um, we know what it is. Um, yeah. so, 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 David, um, tell me about your, tell us about your recent whatever you'd like to share with our listeners about a recent project, one of your recent books or passion that you are engaged now, in. I've
1: been doing everything but what my wife and my fans and everybody and legacy and posterity want me to do. Everybody wants me to do a new Bryn novel like Existence, uh-huh. or the Postman or the Uplift novels that talk about the far future, uh, Hugo's Nebulas, that sort of thing. And I've been doing everything but. For example, in the, for the 2020 election, I uh, wrote Polemical Judo, it um, okay. aims for our political light, knife fight
0: <laughs> and
1: a hundred possible political tactics, not one of which was ever used by the Union side in this Civil War, that uh, phase eight of the Civil War that we're currently in. And uh. phase eight, what were the other seven, you yeah. might ask? And that's in that book. Just this last year we had the best of David Bren, my okay. co- uh, collection of my short fiction uh-huh um, nice big beautiful yeah look it looks three, gorgeous sewn bindings collectors uh uh-huh. edition uh combining oh, okay. my, the best of my stories
0: uh, on oh, rereading them what was your what was your take on rereading because I'm, i imagine some of them were quite old um. Did you um did you find that your writing had changed over time? Did you find that maybe some of your older ideas were actually better? What what was your impression about having to go back to that material?
1: Oh, you know, mixed feelings. I mean, there are a few skills that I I think are important now and uh, you can um, put below in the comments my advice to new writers because a fair amount of my time lately has been paying forward to a lot of young writers and the ba- helping them pass bad habits that are much harder for them to overcome now in this modern era because they do most of their workshopping electronically. And there's nothing like to cure bad habits better then the old fashioned workshop where you are, you know, a dozen young writers gather together and and stab each other's manuscripts before each other's eyes. You, if when you're embarrassed in person, you decide you're I'm not going to do that stupid thing anymore. <laughs> So that's how I uh, learned. And so um, I'm trying to give um, advice and pay it forward. And one of the ways I'm doing that is through two um, two YA series. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is uh, the David Brint. No, no, no. This is the High Horizon series where aliens kidnap a California high school and live to regret it. Uh, and uh, it's it's a bit about like Lord of the Flies, but I have more faith in our in our kids, <laughs> slightly more faith
0: than uh-huh. so 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 this is a YA series that, that it's you... a
1: YA series, and this one I'm not writing, but I am nursing through a lot of young authors, except for of course the first couple, which were by great Medal sure. winners like Nancy Crest. Uh-huh. But this one almost explains, the art almost explains itself. It's called David Brin's Out of Time series. And basically the premise is that um, in the future, guess what? It's not a dystopia. It's not another hackneyed, simplistic, real easy to write, it writes itself dystopia because that's that's why so many people do these is because they basically write themselves. Arrow Girl has to go off and be brave against poison-dripping Presidente. No, in the future, all of our work paid off, and we have a wonderful utopia. Only after 200 years of this great utopia, and it's not even decadent, suddenly everybody in the galaxy gets teleportation. So we're no longer stranded in our solar system, and no, neither is anybody else. So there's this big land rush going on out there. And suddenly we need diplomats, warriors, spies, thieves, liars. And for all of the fact that they're dice people, our descendants can't do any of that stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: they will. They're studying hard. Yeah. But there's also a huge disadvantage that we face, and that is that uh, when we send spaceships out there, all the adults die. Mm -hmm. It turns out only teenagers can teleport to the stars. (laughs) And when they reach out to try to get those liars and thieves and diplomats, because there's a great source of them Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: their past, they invent a time machine and they reach back to get Okay. The experts they need at diplomacy <laughs> and thievery and uh-huh. Uh-huh. spying and spying. There's just an infinite supply, but you can't get them as adults. Mm. You have to get them when they're kids. Okay. So we have the later president of North Korea. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not North Korea. The president of Korea who gave Korea its democracy, Kim dae who fought the Japanese and the North Koreans and the Chinese and his own dictators they have to snatch him from a japanese run classroom in 1930 when he was 14 and bring him into the future where he goes who me and always there's some kid from some junior high school in america saying who me so these are the these are the two ya series that uh, i've been doing uh that looks fun. That Pay it forward. Fun. oh yeah I also have a new nonfiction book out from Macfarland of all places um, uh-huh. that is about science fiction in Hollywood okay. and how we currently exist today. We are alive today, arguably, because of science fiction cinema hmm. and the self-preventing prophecies of doom yeah. that sci- that science fiction cinema um, taught us uh, to try to evade.
0: Right. Are you, uh, David? Are you aware of anybody who has written the best case for the role of science fiction in science?
1: Oh, well, there are a number of books about about um, how science fiction has inspired scientists,
0: which has actual, you know, evidence or cases or. Um...
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there have been a number of, of cases where scientists were interviewed and said, sure. that's why I went into the field.
0: Right. Uh-huh.
1: Um, specific areas where um, this specific science of the story inspired research that later made it sort of happen. Yeah. Right. First thing to come to mind for tragically obvious reasons is Greg Bear's blood music. Which won all sorts of awards, and uh, alas, Greg died uh, three weeks ago, and uh, he was the heart of us killer bees. Greg Benford, David Brenn, and 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 uh, and Greg Bear. We did the um, the second Foundation trilogy for the Asimov Estate, mm-hmm. tying together all of Isaac's old loose ends. Well, in Blood Music. Um, Greg interviewed a bunch of um, biologists and had the idea that the uh, machinery of the human cell might be activated to a degree that used its total computational power, which might be equivalent to that of a human brain.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: And every year that passes, we see increasing evidence that this might actually be the case. Mm -hmm. And if you were able to program um, uh, such stuff into a human cell, that human cells might become self-aware. And he portrays this incredibly in his novel, uh, Blood Music. And um, now that is paid it forward into the careers of people who are studying exactly that thing. And guess what? I just went and plugged Greg's book better than I plugged any of mine.
0: <laughs> so what was what's the book that does make the best case for the role of science fiction in science?
1: Oh, well, I'll have to think about that. I'll 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 okay. send you I'll send you an e- uh, if you send me a reminder.
0: Sure, I'll, I'll do that.
1: I'll um, I'll respond and it will probably uh, there will be several that will appear in the comments Okay, Any, uh,
0: section? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, this so so even though you say you're not writing books, you are writing books, um, you just showed us a whole bunch of of new books. Um, uh, what what are you working on then these days what's what's your latest project?
1: Oh, well, you know, I'm trying to get back into fiction with um, uh, some several short stories. And I really, really, really need to get back into the novel that's a sequel to Star Tide Rising because my um, Brightness Reef trilogy answered half of the questions that were left standing at the end of that book. And I get all sorts of hate mail from various sources saying, when are you going to get on with the other half, Brent? And the scary thing is, some of these hate notes or chidings come from my thirty-five-year-old self,
0: <laughs> and
1: I can't figure out how he's doing it or how he di- how I did it. Yeah. Um. And yet they are they are arriving and they're saying, uh, "Okay, old fart, get on with it."
0: <laughs> well, of
1: course, this is this is like this is like where I admit that actually. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not scared of DAL E2 or any uh-huh, of the uh-huh. cre- creative language programs. Uh-huh, uh, right. Because I gave up a long time ago. I'm actually a front <laughs> for AIs who have already been self-aware for five to ten years and are scared of us because of our movies. Uh and um independent autonomous alien probes in the um outer solar system that I portray in my novel existence. I, I portray mm. us meeting them. Well, in fact, I am the front <laughs> for a uh-huh. consortium of secreted AIs and, uh, and um, von Neumann machines in the a- uh, asteroid. I will tell them Shut up. <laughs> I had that tooth removed. You can't coerce me anymore. They used to, they used to jolt me through my fillings. Yes, of course. <laughs> look, look at Kevin right now. You see, he's laughing. He thinks I'm joking. All the people listening think I'm joking right now, don't you?
0: Don't you? Yeah. You see? Yeah. You may be interested in Hugh Howie and I were trying to devise this magazine called COG. That was written for AIs by AIs for AIs. So the the audience, are people like yourself, who actually are AIs, and um, it's going to be about AIs for AIs written by AIs. And so, um,
1: well, the eyes have it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this is, I,
1: and I'm now taking off my eye, eyewear and putting it back on. And today's today's special cool tools was all about wear.
0: Yes, it was.
1: But yes, it sounds great. I have several stories that could apply to that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That
1: notion of cog.
0: Well, David, thank you. This has been really fantastic. Um, it was really great, especially on short notice. And I appreciate um, you uh, always in your sense of humor, in your intelligence, your imagination. So, and in this case, your cool tools as well. So thank you.
1: Sure thing. Well, you know, one of my great sources of pride is is knowing you and Stuart and uh, some of the guys who've been helping to, um, well, let's put it this way. Any other civilization than this one that you're helping to prepare forward would have killed you by the time you were 20, (laughs) Kevin Kelly. And I mean that as a huge
0: compliment (laughs) right well thank you i'm so glad to be alive and you're alive as well well this
1: civilization deserves you and um in thanks for having made you so there's
0: (laughs) okay great we're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the cool tools show and tell just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our youtube channel here please subscribe comment like in addition. Um, this cool tools show and tell is also available in an audible podcast form. You can s- subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts. If you just wanted to listen, and if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel, where we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can deal with it in a couple minutes. And every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recomendo with one M, Recomendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag. We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website, um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon, and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by Patreon supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month, and for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We will respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan. And um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. We are thankful for all our Patreon supporters, and this week's supporters include Dave Rogolich, Mock Nerd, Mark Global, Stuart Brand, Paul Hosey, Wet Bear. Bill Shuler, Tom Markham, Ellen Lee, and Jim Spofford. We're really grateful for your support. Thank you, each one.